This is the Tribe Mastermind, where we talk business, purpose, and passion with your hosts, Jordan Muela and Steve Welty. If you're ready to shift into a bigger future, then this is the show for you. So plug in, buckle up, and get ready to be. Back in the multiverse with Mr. Steve Welty. <laughs> the multiverse. I am, I'm stoked. I love it, man. So, uh, what's happening? Well, I am coming down off of <clears throat> kind of getting life is getting back to normal after having baby number three, three girls. Sarah's recovering, and I'm kind of stepping in more in dad mode, which is a good thing. And just trying to get life kind of back to normal, quote unquote, after dealing with all that. That's probably the main thing that's that's been happening for me lately. What's uh what's your what's your new girl's name, man? Coral. Coral Rose. Coral, that's so dope, man. Love it. I love that. Yeah, me too, man. Thank As you. As a beach guy, obviously, but thank you. <laughs> that's so dope. So you're stepping more into the dad role. So that's probably uh really fulfilling, but also kind of a change. So there's probably some like like uh disconnect maybe from what you're used a- to. Expectations, you know, yeah. I think just expectations around needing to slow down. Time got compressed all of a sudden. So work and everything I needed to do there is still a factor, but time was compressed and I, I don't know that I was fully prepped for that. So it was a good reminder that needed to elevate my habits and my just kind of daily routine game in order to excel in that period of time. So that's that's been a good reminder for me. Nice, man. How about you? Um, What's been with you? Man, that's uh, Miles running around like crazy. Music's going well. Um, it's funny you bring up um, the time, you know, factor because I was thinking about that and like, what would we do if we only had like maybe two hours a day to work on business? And I'm actually playing with that idea myself because, you know, I've got, I want to go deep on being a dad. I want to go deep on property management and business. I also want to go deep on music. So there's like all these things. And so I've dabbled uh, with like, all right, just, you know, fulfill my, you know, check the box for my art. You know, let's do 30 minutes a day in music and, and uh, business is an art too. I love how you told me that a long time ago. Um, and I really resonate with that. Like art is not, um, I think Seth Godin said, art is not a painting. It's not something you hang on the wall. It's what you do when you're fully alive. Mm, wow. And that's so, beautiful. Yeah. He's like, love that. He, yeah. He's so dope. And, um, so, you know, I've, I've talked to you a little about this where, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's do an hour a day and like two hours, like three hours a day of music. And then I'm thinking, is this hurting my business? I'm like, I actually think it's helping my business. I was like, what if I go down to like, you know, I want to do something that's comfortable where it's not making my music like uh, some chore, you know, I got to grind through. But, um, you know, let's say I did three hours a day and that left two hours for business because we have, you know... Uh, family stuff and workout and whatever. Um, what would that do? And I kind of want to do this like experiment, you know, to see like what happens with it, but you'd only be able to work on like that one really important thing or that those two really important things. And that's something I got from my last coach session was the problem is we spend too much time on activities that don't produce a 10 X result. And so when I'm kind of going down my morning checklist now of like setting up my day, I try to ask myself, pick the top three to six max like activities 
that are a hell yes and that will produce a 10x result. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that right now. You know, I was just, I've been re-engaging with Dan Sullivan's material. I, I always kind of w- come in and out with anybody that I've really vibed with. I'm like really on it and then I'll phase out a little bit and come back to it. I've just been listening to a bunch of his materials and I listened to a series of his YouTube videos. One, he mentions that he has 30% of his time is unscheduled. He's never back to back to back with his schedule. And he focuses on a small number of key priorities. And when he gets those done, he doesn't overbook the rest of the time that he has available. You and I, generally speaking, I think we're, we're at a point where we're not trying to do anything that's half X. And I'm not even trying to do stuff that's, that's one X. So I'm trying to do stuff that's... I'm trying to do stuff to, to grow and to take things to the next level. But in your mind, like what would fall on that 2X side versus the 10X side? Totally. So first off... When, when I think of 10X, I think of just like a big jump. You know, some people might get really nerdy with it and be like, well, technically like your revenue is this and it's not going to be 10 times. You know, I'm, I'm not like playing that it that way. I'm just looking at some big jump. So for instance, um, like uh, an example of something I was working on recently is the brokerage side of our property management business. Okay. I have no intention of growing a big successful real estate brokerage in the sense of sales. Like I'm not interested in it. I don't want to like, there's lots of people doing it. I just don't have really any interest, but I want to maximize the potential of serving our our customers and that income and represent them the best we can. So focus on the most narrow segment and do very well with them. And we're doing that. And I'm trying to think of ways to you know, make it better and, you know, maybe pull some tenants in and get purchases. But I was thinking the other day, I'm like, even if I really knock this out of the park, we're looking at like 0.5 X, like it's not going to move the needle for our company, like revenue wise, or, um, you know, helping them better. Like it's not going to change their lives that much more, you know? So although it's a worthwhile project, rather than me get really deep into it, I brought my team in, my leadership team, and I did an impact filter. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, hey, if you guys can run with this and, and let's do this, um, then let's do this. But if if like it's something that's going to require my time, then um, I'm going to parking lot it. Hmm. Hmm. Well said. I'm dealing with one of those right now. I, I uh, got a team member that's really excited about a project. And I think the project is worthwhile and has a lot of potential. But in so much as it's going to suck up my time, I cannot commit to it. So in that instance, is the team like, is the response from the team great, no problem? Or is there any frustration around the inability to progress because it necessitates your time? Or maybe that's not... Maybe it doesn't. Maybe the conclusion is that it doesn't require your time. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any animosity because we've done a good job and it's a continual, you know, it's continual work, but being transparent and open and uh, about what's going on and what we're good at, like, and where we should be spending our time. Um, recently, I just had my, like, I, I call it my final straw where God, like, smacked. Actually, I don't want to bring God into this, but the universe smacked me upside the head and was like, stay out of operations. Like, stop going into... Op- <laughs> like, I, I took on this task to hire this attorney to like review our management agreement and like do all these other things. And the stupidest mistake, like I loved that this attorney was great. I was like having a great time. I'm so novice 
with this stuff that I pay him a $2,000 retainer. And then I think like in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, he'll like hit me up when he needs more money. I ended up getting the bill. It's like close to 10 G's for like all this work he's been doing with my team and like me. And I'm just like, I just don't think, I don't know. I'm just like not good at contracts. I'm not good at, uh, you know, and plus Dave, my, my operations guys on the call. And he's like, doing what he's way better at this than me. And I'm like, why did I take on this assignment to redo mm-hmm. the management agreement? Like, mm-hmm. that's so stupid. Like, Dave, I'm, a, I'm not even in operations anymore. I'm like, the we're, I'm probably the, the le- least qualified to do it of the people on the leadership team. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so it should have went the other way around. You should be doing it and then bring me in for like a final co- consult, you know? Yeah. Um, that really resonates with me. Like the more you delegate, the more it self perpetuates. The smarter the team gets, the stupider you get, yes. and therefore, the more you need to delegate. That was brilliant. I love that. <laughs> it's so true. And I remember Jake, uh, our buddy from Tribe, saying something like that, like about a year ago. Like, man, I just keep I, I show up, I screw stuff up, and you know, I'm just trying to find like my place in the business. And I thought I didn't really resonate with me at the time. I kind of was like you know, what, like you're screwing stuff up. But anyway, now I totally get it. So, um, this year I'm like, have three kind of main mantras. One is stay out of operations. Two is go deep on marketing. I'm really fascinated with marketing, especially after reading, this is marketing by Seth Godin, where he kind of breaks down the fact that like everything is marketing kind of um, it's not just like pay-per-click or like the technical. In fact, I don't really like the technical aspects of marketing as much, but I, I listen to podcasts and try to dabble in it. So I have a basic idea. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, the team gets elevated and something like this with bringing the brokerage up a notch is like when I come with an idea or anyone comes with an idea, we all have an agreement where we never say no. Like, I'm not going to say no to this. Don't tell me no. I got this from Dan Solomon. Don't tell me no when I bring a project up. Kills creativity. Um, If you don't think it's a good idea, then maybe say, well, you know, this actually could be a problem. What do you, have you thought about this, et cetera? Or um, maybe it's just not the right time and we parking lot it. So like the geo realty thing, uh, if my team doesn't have the bandwidth, we just have to rank it on the project board, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I, I really like the thought of getting really clear on what and when the team truly needs to wait on me. I find that the baggage around starting the business is the belief that I, A, need to know how to do everything. Like that's where you, that's what you kind of do have to do to some degree and what you believe, what you conflate early on. The fact that I couldn't pay any money, anybody else to do a wide host of things and therefore I had to wear a bunch of different hats. That wasn't something that was a necessary necessary part of being an entrepreneur. It was just a byproduct of the fact that I was broke. But I carried that thinking along for a long time. Like for me to add value and for me to really show up and deserve to be here and deserve my title, I need to be able to do a lot of things and I need to, you know, take charge and like earn my keep, etc. And I think a 2X team is going to feed that belief. But a 10x team, when you have a vision, you share it with them, and they're really equipped to think on this same wavelength, isn't going to resent you for not being in the weeds. They actually expect you to be working on 
these bigger picture things because they want to grow and you have to do this in order for the company to actually get there. Otherwise, it's, it's a very short ladder with very few rungs and there's no opportunity for growth. Damn, man. That was really well said. You just really succinctly put that right up on the board. That's something you could bring to your team. And I mean, I would buy in on that. Like we all did the unique ability exercise as a leadership team and we all got ours dialed in. And I don't know if I talked to you about it, but on the last show, but it was uh, really beneficial because two of my key people actually liked doing and their unique ability was the thing I've been trying to like push them out of doing, <laughs> Man. you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, I get why you, you haven't like been able to do it because it's like, it's your genius zone. It's like where you love to be. So why, you know, I'm like, have this vision for you, which is just like not jiving with who you are. So, um, yeah, I mean, if we're going to go 10 X, we have to figure out how do we add the most value to this world? What are the few things where we add the most value and how can I spend as much of my time doing those things as possible? Yeah. And, and usually focus work or, um, really creative work. Uh, it's not something you're going to do for eight hours either. So like, I'm really interested in cutting down the time, using time as a constraint. Yes. And like experimenting with that. Like what if I literally, and this is like a perfect, I'm not trying to throw something on your plate, but perfect for like a new dad, like well, not a new dad, but another, you know, addition to the family, mm-hmm. like a perfect reason to like take a step back for like a month or whatever, or a certain period of time and be like, I'm only going to work like this chunk of time. And I'm only going to do these activities and I have to delegate everything else. I really think my team took a big leap when I took the, that whole month off when miles was born. Um, and it might just be that 30 or 60 day time period you need for your, your leadership team to really step up. So that video that I was mentioning, uh, we'll link it up on the, the show notes somewhere, but it was this Dan Sullivan guy that was talking about 2X versus 10X. What he mentioned on there was George C. Marshall, a military commander during World War II and how the guys leading the entire war but he's working between nine to five, takes an hour for lunch, and he takes no calls after work. He was the commensurate master delegator. And one of the things that he highlighted in this guy's profile was not rescuing your team from their commitments, which I have observed for me is a thing. You know, somebody's struggling and it's like, oh, I'll come in. Like, I'll be the hero. Like, let me rescue you. And now... Now I'm signing up for stuff that I didn't want to do. I'm not great at. And I start resenting the task myself for, for prostituting myself and them for, you know, quote unquote, making me do it, which obviously they didn't. Whereas having the constraints is just like a hard no. You know, I, I want to be forced to say no. And the time constraints are just a way to do that, to clarify priorities. So I, I love that. You're, 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 you're turning... This, this is the obstacle is the way. I can be bitching about not having enough time, but you're actually kind of turning on it in its head and saying, this is the opportunity. So thank you. I love that. Yeah. And the space, the space is not downtime. The space is fuel for the fire. Mm. The space is going to create. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to waste a bunch of time. And so now I'm feeling behind. Like this obstacle is the way. The space is the way. Like Warren Buffett, he says he like, he just like, you know, that like goes from thing to thing randomly, like kind of researching stuff, thinking like, um, 
you know, he's not like doing all of these like projects back to back. Like that space is so important. Okay. The video name is how to make more money, make more money, work less real life entrepreneurial tips. And it's Dan Sullivan interviewing John Fick worth F I C K E W I R T H T H highly recommended. Yes. Yes, you are right. I mean, that is what I want is to be working less is one way to put it, but I, I guess like it's really effectiveness, isn't it? Isn't that, I mean, for, for me, the idea of working less is part of it, but even independent of that effectiveness is like really, really addictive to me once you actually get in that zone. Man, totally. I love that word because let's say you do two hours of meaningful work in a day. Yeah. How's what is more likely to set up an environment to make that a super successful session? Is it when it's bookended between a bunch of crap or like, even if it's in the morning, it's like you feel the weight of the day behind you coming right. down the pike or is it just like, you know, I, I, I've got to just do this 90 minute sprint today and it's going to be freaking awesome. And that's how I add the most value to the company and uh, everyone's on board because I asked them to stay in their unique ability and their genius zone. And now that's not, that's something they have to earn. And that's something they have to like go on that journey of self-discovery. So it's not just like you start with us and you get to do everything you love to do. Like you have to figure out what that is and what you're great at. So yeah. it's a process, but. I continue to come back to confidence as being this incredibly underrated thing. And the sort of thing that feels like a little bit of a, a crutch, or at least I would have related to confidence as a crutch in the past. Like, you don't need confidence. You just need to show up and bust your ass. But confidence is such a big deal for me. The delta that exists between when I'm not in a good place, whereas when I am in a good place, you know, in both cases, I'm committed to work. I'm, 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 my butt is in the chair and I am committed to getting something done. But the delta between the low end of what I'm capable of and the high end of what, of what I'm capable of just based on mindset, confidence, and kind of where I'm at mentally is so freaking wide. That's like the whole game for me, you know? Dude, you're so right. Com I've been thinking about that too, how if we can stay confident, protect our confidence and be confident, like you can achieve anything. You can let anything roll off your back. You can, um, you know, just, you're just in such a better place. And, um, but it's so hard to do because we get caught up in, you know, the crap and the fear and stuff. But uh, I recently, I was recently, yeah, I want to tell you this story. I was, uh, I was meeting my dad last week. Yeah, but okay. last week at a, a casino. My dad loves the casino and mm -hmm. it's my cousin's uh, birthday. And so we have a big party there. Anyway, so we go to play roulette, which is our game. And, you know, 26 Black. I was like, that used to be like my music, my band's right. name. <laughs> so, so I go to sit down at the table. And before I can buy chips, the ball's already rolling. Like, he throws the ball. And I'm trying to buy chips, which you can do while the ball's rolling. But, like, it, he doesn't get to me in time. Goes in. And I'm like, no, oh, please don't let it be. 26 Black, right? So I didn't get, I didn't, like, get a chance to, to get my, my chips in. Right. And so that, that would have paid me well. 
So I'm like, okay, I can look at this one of two ways. I can do what I normally do and be like, oh, this is a jinx table, like leave, like, <laughs> you know, um, to don't even gamble today. Or I'm going to say, wow, this is freaking awesome. Like, dude, I'm going to light this table up right now. This is my table, 26 black. It's calling to you. Right, right, right. And then I remember um, an interview I heard with Sean White, the big famous snowboarder guy. He said, uh, when I'm watching someone go before me in a contest, if they fall, I'm like, great. Like, dude, I got this. You got this. If they kill it, I go, dude, he killed it. I can kill it. So like, it seems like the best people have this mental model, I guess you call it, where no matter what happens, they're, they're set up for success. And so I chose the, to say, this is an awesome thing. Hell yeah. I can't believe it. So anyway, um, I'm playing a little bit. I'm hit winning a little bit. I'm losing a little bit. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm just going to gamble $300. That's all I'm going to do. So I had like about 200 bucks left and I'm like, you know what? Maybe the problem is I've gotten away from 26, like my belief in it. And I need to just like put all my chips on 26. Like I would play other numbers and I'm like, I either need to put my heart into it or not. So anyway, I started betting $25 just on 26, which only gives me like six more, seven more rolls, eight more rolls. Anyway, the last roll, I hit it 875. It paid. And <laughs> it, it just goes to show, I don't know. It's just this little story that like in my weird head that was just like, Steve, so many lessons there. Stay confident. It's all happening for you smile this is just a game like god it, the, in the larger sense too this whole life is just a game it's just a god's cosmic play it's like light and shadows um a belief it's all happening for me and then just have supreme confidence no doubt like you know and then if it didn't hit you know that's cool too <laughs> yeah for sure i mean this is this is gambling right it's not like some we're, we're not trying to create some metaphor for for life money making strategies right 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 outside of the context of of confidence. And I'm so with you. I mean, confidence is this ethereal thing. Like, what is it? it? It's nothing really. What's it predicated upon? Is it deserved? Is it earned? Do you have to have great accomplishments and then you can be confident or do you get great, accomplish great things because of the, the confidence? I'm watching a show, which I want to encourage you to check out. It's called Undercover Billionaire. Have you heard of it? I have not. Undercover Billionaire. Um, I bought it through Amazon. I think it was done by Discovery. The concept is find a billionaire, drop him into some backwards industrial city with a hundred bucks and uh, a truck, force him to change his name and give him 90 days and see if he can build a million dollar asset or either get a million dollars in cash or build a million dollar business within 90 days. Wow. That's the concept, bro. That's crazy. So, so this guy drops in and I mean, it is just absolutely bonkers. He's sleeping in his truck. He's trying to look for trash to resell. He fi finds, um, he's going around scrapyards and finds some tires to resell. Eventually he gets enough money to buy some, uh, party favors to sell on St. Patty's Day, flips that into one car, flips that into another car, flips that on, into a house flip. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is the craziest freaking thing. But bro, here's, here's what, what blew my mind. Watching this guy's command of the room to look people in the eyeballs and to say things like, I'm starting a new business. The business is going to be amazing. You're going to get to be a part of it. And it's going to be a wild journey that you're going to look back 
with the massive amount of pride that you got to come in on the ground floor. I can't pay you any money right now. Are you in? And people are like, yeah, man, please. I'm in. Wow. <laughs> and that is how he starts his team and the business starts going and it's just blowing my mind because this guy has so much confidence and yes, it's predicated upon stuff that he's already done, but I don't know about you, but I have met a lot of people whose confidence was not in proportion or deserved per se relative to their accomplishments. But at the end of the day, the outworking and the byproduct of the confidence is the same. The currency of confidence is a check that you can cash regardless of whether or not the confidence was or was not earned. Now, yes, granted, you got to make sure to delineate confidence versus hubris versus bluster. But it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of blowing my mind, man. That's so cool. I want to check that out. Um, so if, if we buy into that, then the question is just like, how do we, how do we, um, become more confident and stay confident? Cause there's very few people. I think we all struggle with ups and downs. Right. But like a couple people that come to mind is like Trump and Connor McGregor. Yeah. Fair. Like insane amounts of confidence. Like they just cannot be stopped. Um, and, um, I mean, that probably goes into one of the other categories you're talking about, bluster and whatnot. But, but, uh, but yeah, like they just seem to be always operating at this like 15 confidence level. But for people like us, um, you know, we have, we generally have ups and downs. So, you know, I think it's going to be different for each person. But something that really works for me is something like I kind of already mentioned where, um, just looking at the spiritual aspect or just like the big picture, like the blue dot in space, like, Dude, this is just a game. This is like, we're here. We're just around for such a small period of time. This is all just like a game. This is all just light and shadows. It's like a movie. It's like, you know, this reality and then you go to sleep and then you're in like some dream reality. It's just like, it's all just like, it's all just fiction, you know, like there's consequences and whatnot, but like, you might as well just have fun and smile and like trick yourself into thinking the games conspired to like make you win. And uh, that really helps me. I am so with you on this. I used to believe that the confidence that I could have was in proportion to the knowledge and the understanding and my ability to prove things. Like my belief set needs to be derivative, but my confidence in my belief set is directly proportionate to my ability to demonstrably prove or vet it, particularly in relation to faith based things. Over time, I've developed more humility and more awareness and understanding that there are very few things that I grasp at the level that I can really quantify, validate, and prove. And so in the absence of being able to know much with certainty, you're left being forced to simply choose a set of beliefs that you can't fully validate, but it is still going to have implications and consequences for your life. So you might as well choose a set of beliefs that actually <clears throat> serves you. Is it effective or is it not effective? For me, is a much is like a really effective lens through which to view things. And any belief set can be like a can be like a pair of sunglasses. You know, you try it on, put on the belief set. Does it serve you? Does it work for you? If not, take it off. There's a little more lightness to that to me than like with any given belief, like, is it objectively true? How do we evaluate? Let me do a bunch of research, you know, 
Yeah. Like you, yeah, totally. Your, your prior way of thinking was a lot more difficult because it required the world to be a certain way or yourself to be a certain way. And to make, to set, to set up your life to say, okay, things need to be this way for me to be okay. is like a really tough way to live. I agree. You know? (laughs) So the hack starts internally and the hack is, is, um, is like, I'm okay. Okay. (laughs) And then, and then where do I go from there? Yeah. Which more or less is true. Right. I mean, it's interesting having this conversation with you because the universe in which we have this conversation, at least for me, never involves, I'm starving. I don't have shelter. I can't pay my bills. Like the, the, the baseline of having my needs met, like I guess the baseline starting point kind of on Maslow's hierarchy is already so high for me. That that's like a really helpful point of reflection to examine my own existential crisis when I'm so caught up in it. <clears throat> if I can get to a point of laughter and humor and lightness and laughing at myself, that's like one of the most freeing things to allow me just to have a, a reset. Right. Right. And um, to your question earlier about you know, does the confidence come from achievement achievement first? Or, I mean, I think it's both ways, but definitely having some success first helps. Um, I remember a certain time in my life when I had achieved something that I'd been trying to achieve for a while, I was really blown away. And I kind of got this like spiritual, like awe feeling like, whoa, I'm going to be able to like do anything I want. Um, but then that comes and goes. Um mm-hmm. So another thing I, I heard uh, Michael Singer say in one of his books that really I've, I've taken and I tell myself a lot is um, I just burned like one stage in a multi-stage rocket. That is like my life, you know, and um, it's only it's only getting like it's only going faster and get, getting better. And so um, it, that's a belief I, I adopted. And I might not know exactly how it's going to happen or, you know, what that means, but um, that's just like a growth mindset that helps me stay confident. I love that. So I love the advice or the quote from your dad to you of the best is yet to come. Yeah. And I love the advice or the quote that I, I heard from you directly from you, which was I've already won. Yeah. Those have been really helpful perspectives to me. Ooh, I already won. I forgot that one. <laughs> I know that's how that's what it's like, right? I'm writing that down. Thanks for the Here's rebound. Here's another one to write down. When you know how to listen, everybody is the guru. Damn. This is a Ram Das quote, and I see it being true for me. I worked with a coach for almost two years. Incredibly incredibly powerful guy, life changing experience for me. And I don't I don't say that lightly. And when I was done, I met somebody through my work with him that was more of a peer. I went through a program with this guy and I asked this guy to start coaching me. And part of it was a financial decision because he charged a fraction of what this other guy did. But another part of it was for my own journey to reflect and realize that I'm not looking for a coach to tell me what to do. I'm not looking for some excellent wisdom or insight. If you're sufficiently open and if you're if you know what you're looking for, 
all you really need is a mirror to help reconcile the gap that exists between your actions and your words. Mm. That's like the minimum bar for breakthrough and clarity and, and really interesting conversations. And so it's been really helpful to me to work with somebody that, you know, arguably is less skilled, less experienced, charges less, but forces me to be really open, like for me to do more of the work, for me to be really open about self-inquiry, about evaluating and thinking through like my own thoughts. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Sometimes you just need someone to bounce stuff off, someone to bring an energy to a conversation that kind of gives you the spark. Because when you have to tell someone your bullshit, sometimes you like, you hear it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's so true. It's embarrassing to articulate it sometimes. I know. That's why I like our conversation sometimes. I'll I'll say something and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) but it's true, man. Um, Coaches for nothing else, just the co-creation aspect of, of having someone else um, that's going to let you, you know, vent and, 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 and help come up with, with new ideas um, that generate usually from yourself is, is just, it's just gold. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm definitely a believer in coaches. I'm definitely a believer in modifying your belief set or looking, viewing your belief set as being the primary determiner of success, not some external factors. I love, I'm intoxicated with the idea that a dramatically more competent person would be blowing it out with my existing set of circumstances. And the only difference between me and them is our beliefs and our approach to things. So finding out where I'm wrong is just like the fuel to make progress. Dude, I came across one of these, uh, this Zen saying that's been really helping me. Uh, I was watching the UFC fight and this guy was getting beat up and it goes back to the corner and his corner man says, hey, man, chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water. And I was like, that sounds really dope. What does that mean? So I looked it up and it's this like super deep Zen quote that like has so many different meanings. It's, it's interpreted so many different ways, but essentially it's like before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Like you do the same shit, but... But, but like your, your mindset is you're enlightened now and you see the depth and the beauty of chopping wood and carry water. Whereas like in the beginning you chop wood and carry water and you're pissed, but at the end you're enlightened and you chop wood, carry water. It it helps me like, it also means to me like doing the small things well, like I'm washing the dishes. I'm, it helps me be present, you know, Yeah. like be present. Like this is all there is chop wood, carry mm-hmm. water. This is all there is. There's nothing like, there's nowhere to go. Like, yeah. <laughs> like and uh, even when I'm getting beat up in the surf, sometimes like a huge set's coming. I'm like, okay, chop wood, carry water, chop wood. <laughs> like, just like, just be in the moment. And it's like, it's been really helping me. Do you ever have that surreal feeling of being caught deep in some looping bullshit and then focus on focusing on being present and just like immediately coming out of it? <laughs> yeah man i more times when it, it it doesn't work right away but yeah definitely i definitely do have those times usually when i'm outside or like i, I see i'm in nature or something that's why i like to try to get outside and like if i have to bang emails out or something every once in a while mm. Mm. yeah it's just kind of it's it's surreal though or if i'm in a 
if I'm in some drama <clears throat> sometimes with my wife um, or a family member, like somebody I know really, really well, where there's like a lot of intimacy, sometimes we can we can get out of a loop through laughing. Like we can both just start laughing, and the, the act of of laughing helps just. Um, I don't know, just like clarify that there was no circumstance or reason for getting as upset as either of us were in that moment. Yeah. It being Valentine's day today. Ooh. Um, Ooh. <laughs> you reminded me of, um, the best relationship advice I ever got. And I kind of forgot it. So I'm glad it came to me is, um, I was talking to, who even gave me this? I think it was Jason Goldberg. But I was talking to him about like, oh, I felt this way, but then my wife Courtney like thinks this way, and like I totally don't agree with it. And it's like I feel like it's not you know helping, etc. And he's like, just try this um, for like a week. No matter what she says, just make her feel seen and understood. Like, don't like throw your opinion onto it, or like tell her how she's wrong, or like make it better just freaking like nod your head and make her feel seen and understood and like dude when i can do that which is actually really hard sometimes when i when i feel like i have some point to add to like the nonsense. yeah i'm like dude it's like all women want it's like the hack for women but it's so, so hard as dudes like Courtney will bring a problem to me and like i'm like oh well i have the solution for that but they don't want it they just like want to feel seen and understood so guys that's that's to try that on you know just nod your head make them feel seen and understood appreciated and i think that will go a long way today on valentine's yeah it's deep man I, I love that totally makes sense and it's like it's it is amazing to me how intoxicating the idea of being right can be mm -hmm. like you can feel so the, the no the the made up nobility of being right you know, like I'm, 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 man, I'm just gotta, I'm going to help them. I'm going to serve them. I'm taking this, this moral stand for being right on this issue, as opposed to just acknowledging that's in, in large part, just ego, at least for me. Yeah. Anyway, so here's the quote I'll reciprocate with that stuck with me from, uh, really from when we were dating from before we got married, I read this quote somewhere. Love is an act of endless forgiveness. The rest of it is love is an act of endless forgiveness, a tender look, which becomes a habit. That's really stuck with me and it's, it's served me well. Yeah, man. Even to yourself, like forgiving yourself, you know, not being so hard on yourself. Seriously, that's super underrated. I'm dealing that with some, some work stuff right now. I have a, a specific situation where I'm trying to wind a project down and i realized that my resistance towards it in large part had to do with the fact that i i hadn't fully resolved how disappointed i was that this one thing hadn't worked out and how i had kind of conflated it with with a part of my identity and that was like the breakthrough i needed was just to forgive myself and say like hey it was okay that this thing didn't work out you know yeah um, yeah that's powerful and it's hard to do um you know the the sooner we can forgive ourselves and get on with it usually the better but but yeah man so what else is going on in uh anything else going on in the management world um 
or as far as it relates to property management or business? Um, hmm. I've, been, I've been off the radar a little bit. You know, I think all the usual stuff is still at play. There's always people making moves and, and doing cool things. You know, honestly, a lot of the banality of, you know, I, I don't think too much has changed since you haven't been paying attention. Um, but if I was going to sum up what I see, I see more maturing in the marketplace, more vendors stepping up, more commercialization across the board, more PMs jumping into the vendor space. Just the market is maturing. I think all in all, that's that's a good thing. My calling is to continue to stay engaged with the work. The way that I have chosen to stay engaged with the work is by moving towards more and more solving for more and more significant needs and expanding my capabilities in the process. That is what has kept me personally engaged. And if I'm not personally engaged, then it's pretty hard for me to be involved. So do you you think about that? Like, do you think like what, what keeps you personally engaged in your work as opposed to just reducing it down to a way to make money? Like what's necessary for you to have the, for you to ascribe meaning in order to stay emotionally engaged? Yeah. There has to be some greater purpose there has, and it's usually tied to something that lights me up inside. Um, like my unique ability. Um, part of my unique ability is helping people transform. And so Mm. I, I get a lot of joy from, uh, delegating and growing people. And like, it helps me do that because it's almost at the point to where I'm not, I'm, I'm in it to like help you guys make the company great. Like I'm not going to make the, uh, there's no fire in it for me to like hack it out all day. Right. Like, um, so I'm going to help build you guys up to make the company great. And hopefully by leading by example, then you guys are going to do the same and, and, and push it down the line. That's really inspiring, man. Human transformation is by far the most attractive aspect of any work endeavor. It doesn't always happen, but to me, that's like the top of the pyramid of what's possible to facilitate through work. Yeah. So check it out. I, I, over the last four years, I guess, of being in coach, I finally got my unique ability statement to where I like feel really good about it. It's discovering, absorbing, and filtering new ideas that lead to innovations to help people transform. Mm. Like it, like, um, I've always got on my team, like, Hey, you guys need to get more personal development, like stuff. Like you need to be out there, like listening, like, they dabble a little bit, but I'm like, I've came to the realization. I'm like, that's not what they like to do. That's my unique ability. Like being on this podcast with you, I I wrote down like three or four ideas, the book I listened to this morning, you know, the reflection time I'm going to have later, the conference marketing conference I'm going to go to like being out in the world and absorbing, filtering those new ideas. And then not even necessarily doing the innovation, but helping push that innovation, you know, to my team to help them transform, which is going to help my company transform is something. It's, it's something that's keeping me to answer your question, uh, engaged. Um, now that I've kind of found my place in my mm. own head. Um, but it's taken many years because it started out with like marketing's my unique ability or, um, you know, I, it took me a while to figure it out. I love that, man. I need to go. How many time, times have you been through this unique ability exercise? Let's see. I did the 
So just like the standard stuff at coach first, and then I did unique ability 2.0 once. And then, so this is the second time I did unique ability 2.0. And I actually didn't even come up with the statement. Um, a buddy or Dave on my team, my leadership team, we did it together and he helped me 80% it. I came up with the transform part, but he, he was like, I think it's better to said if it's like discovering, absorbing. Cause I just said like finding new ideas or something. So he, he kind of helped me chop it up. So it was a co-creation. Wow. Love it, man. Yeah, man. Thanks. Well, what, what's, um, what's happening for you over the next month between now and the next time? Do you have any, any projects or any things that you're focused on? Yeah, man. Good question. Good question. So we got our quarterly planning on Tuesday, and this is the first one we're going to do without an, in, uh, an implementer. Ah. Yeah. Um, so I've been a big proponent of the implementer and I still am definitely for anyone who's new to it. Um, and I may still be a proponent of it after if, if this flames out, but I feel like we're at a point where we should be able to run a quarterly meeting on our own. Um, there's like four or five things you do, you know, and I feel like, uh, we have a leader on the team who can kind of run us through those things. And, uh, so I'm excited about at least trying that. I kind of got that from Jake. Jake had made that leap and, um, he said it worked well. I'd probably still bring someone in for the two day, but, um, quarterly I'm excited about, I'm going to go to social media marketing world. It's this conference, um, later this month in San Diego, just kind of interested to see what, what that has to offer. And then, um, yeah, besides that, just trying to find some, new delegations. Like for instance, I got on my board today, I got 80% the copy for this, for this, uh, ADU email, this accessory dwelling unit email. We're doing this partnership with, um, this company, uh, that builds ADUs and I want to introduce it to my, my, uh, client base and do a webinar. And so the first thing that jumped out at me is like, I'm not great at doing copy. So I'm going to try to find someone on Upwork or something that can be like my go-to copy person. Hmm. I have Olivia and she's great at blogs and stuff. Um, but she's still, you know, she's still getting cutting, you know, getting, uh, her, I don't know how to say it. She's still getting cutting better. Teeth. At, yeah. Cutting her teeth at like the, the, the real juicy copy that's going to resonate with like our clients. She, so maybe a partnership with someone on Upwork or something would be great. I dig that. Yeah. That'd be really handy to have that kind of resource. Same yeah. for design, video, et cetera. How about you, ma'am? Um, yeah, on my plate, I have, I think doing a little bit of travel. I'm not super eager about that just because of everything going on at home, but a nominal amount of travel. Um, I don't have any EOS quarterlies coming up over the next month. And the main thing is probably just working through some admin projects that I need to take home. I have some admin projects that involve tax and legal that that's like some kind of kryptonite stuff to me. Um, and I'm I've gratefully found some professionals, which is really exciting to me to actually have, you know, back in the way, back in the day, I was like Mr. DIY, my own contracts, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> so I have some professionals that I'm working with, but getting that stuff past the one yard line. Like like I'm on the one yard line, pushing it all the way home. 
and not getting distracted with other things I would rather do, which is just about anything other other than finish this stuff. So taking those projects all the way home. Cool, man. Well, hope you get that done and have someone, uh, sounds like you got a good person to help you. So yeah, my man. Hey, it was good, good getting caught up with you as always. So uh, please say hi to the fam and let's stay in the zone, the freedom zone, baby. Well, too, man. I had a great call with you today, man. Tell Sarah what's up and uh, Coral. Awesome, man. Send some pics. All right. We'll do, man. All right, brother. Peace. Did you enjoy this episode? Please share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. If you'd like to find out more about joining the tribe, go to tribemastermind.com to understand why the best and brightest mastermind with us.